Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Ideally, the inciting incident or significant situation will happen by the end of your first act. Some authors place the inciting incident in the first chapter towards the end. Some place it in the second chapter. But wherever you place it, your first chapter will be building towards it. So the tension will be building. Things should be escalating to that significant moment, the instigating event that forces your character to take action. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach, and each week we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. What should your first chapter do? What does it need to accomplish? And what are common ways writers get their first chapter wrong? Well, let's talk about what you should aim to accomplish in your first chapter. You should establish setting, pace, and tone. And you want to create expectations of what genre your book is. For example, your genre may be literary fiction. It may be memoir, fantasy, or young adult. It may be a combination of genres. The primary purpose of your first chapter is to create expectations about who and what your story is about. It should introduce us to your characters and the world they live in. You particularly want to introduce us to your protagonist. Your first chapter will tell us who we're going to follow throughout the story, and it tells us why we should care. So you want to establish an urgent need that will propel your protagonist through the end of the novel. We need to know or have a strong sense of what's driving your protagonist. You also want to build up to some significant event that will spin your character's life in new, unfamiliar territory. It sets your novel in motion. And it keeps readers hooked into the world of your story. It tells them just enough to want more. So you're not going to give too much away in your first chapter. So think of your first chapter as the runway to your novel. 
You have to do a lot with a little, meaning you don't want to include too much in your first chapter. You want to create some mystery, but you still want to give your readers enough to care, maybe even worry about your protagonist. So let's talk about some common mistakes you may be making in your first chapter. And by the way, these are the same mistakes you're probably making in every chapter. Mistake number one, excessive backfill. Backfill is everything that happened before we meet your characters on page one. It's the backstory. Now, you should know and write your backstory, but this is more for you, not necessarily for your reader. And not all that backstory needs to be in your novel, let alone loaded into your first chapter. Often, it's more effective in a later chapter. But this can lead to a bloated first chapter. It's usually because the story's starting too early and maybe too late, but it generally starts in the wrong place. So an example of starting too early would be when we're given pages of backfill in the first several paragraphs. Or writers sometimes start in the middle of the action, and then they interrupt the action with this long detour of backfill. And this can go on for pages. It interrupts the action, it slows it down, it bogs your first chapter down, and the reader loses interest. There's often this urge to spoon feed the reader everything he or she needs in order to understand what will happen as the novel presses forward. But it's far more effective to parse out essential information slowly, maybe over the first few chapters, rather than dump it all in your first chapter. So you want to dispense essential information gradually. There's no need to pile it all on in your first chapter. When you spoon feed the reader everything they need that you believe they need to understand the story, number one, they can't metabolize all of that. It's overwhelming. And number two, it's overwhelming for you. It makes it so much harder for you to write that first chapter. Mistake number two. I call this the flash fire first chapter. Sometimes writers will begin in the middle of some intense action, and that will go on for the entire first chapter. It's nonstop intensity. Now, this is usually because we're taught to start in medius race, in the middle of things. And this can be misleading because we'll immediately see a character being chased or we'll see a battle take place or several battles, one after the other. So we see the character in some urgent situation and that's the whole first chapter. But we haven't met the main character and we haven't had a chance to care about him. And so all that fast-paced action feels unmotivated to the reader because we don't know why what's happening matters to this character. Now, action does not mean excitement. It can be exciting, 
But you don't have to think of action as movement of character or high-stakes drama. Action simply means it's unfolding in real time, moment by moment. But readers don't necessarily need high-stakes action like a car chase or a tribal battle to enjoy your first chapter. Character thought is action. Dialogue is action. You can also bring action simply by bringing more active verbs into your sentences rather than rely on generic verbs or weak to-be verbs. He, she is. He, she, it, was, etc. Now for more on active verbs, go listen to episode 56, Three Quick Editing Tips to Craft Riveting Sentences. I'll link in the show notes. Now, the desire urging your character through the first chapter should be urgent, but the action doesn't mean more bar fights or more fast-paced, high-stakes action. Action simply means the characters are acting out the scene in real time, unfolding for the reader moment by moment. It's far more effective to show your characters acting in a situation that is slowly alarming, where the conflict is building slowly towards a big event that will have the reader concerned, hooked, glued to your story for the duration. So here's where we get to know and develop some kind of human connection to your protagonist. Now, often these kinds of flash fire first chapters don't even have the inciting incident or significant situation that set off the action. An inciting incident is an event that spins your character's life in an unexpected direction and forces him or her to stare down deep-seated beliefs. It's the point where life will never be the same for your character. Now, this incident does not need to be in your first chapter. It can be, but it's not a requirement. Ideally, the inciting incident or significant situation will happen by the end of your first act. Some authors place the inciting incident in the first chapter towards the end, Some place it in the second chapter, but wherever you place it, your first chapter will be building towards it. So the tension will be building. Things should be escalating to that significant moment, the instigating event that forces your character to take action. So rather than chase your reader into a corner with nonstop urgent action or one dramatic scene after another, allow tensions to build, allow things to simmer, introduce us to your characters, and put them in a situation that slowly builds. Mistake number three, there's no strong definable point of view. Your first chapter should establish a strong, identifiable point of view. Now, what do I mean by point of view? I'm not talking about whether you write in first or third person. Point of view is how your main character hooks into the world of the story. And a common mistake writers make is thinking of point of view as first, second, or third person. 
But whether you're writing from one character's perspective or multiple, whether you're writing in first person or third, there's a perceiving subject. Someone is perceiving and experiencing and reporting the action, and you need to invent that perceiving subject. The perceiving subject is usually your main character, your protagonist. Now, if you're writing in multiple points of view, I suggest focusing your first chapter point of view on your protagonist, because that's the person will follow through to the end of your novel. Now, one of the pitfalls with third person is a lack of point of view, because it has a tendency to feel more distant and objective. Sometimes it feels as though we're getting the writer's point of view rather than the character's point of view. We're on the outside looking in, but the details aren't slanted in a way that reflects the character's worldview, what he notices, the details he notices, or what he refuses to notice. Or we'll float into other characters' points of view, even minor characters. Point of view is your main character's subjective reality, and that will be filtered through a third-person narrator or a first-person narrator. Sometimes characters are written as if everything is happening to them, but the external events are there to trigger the main internal struggle your character is going to battle throughout the novel. Readers don't care so much about what happens in your novel. They care about who it all happens to. And the deeper you explore your protagonist, the more your plot feels relevant. So you want to construct a subjective point of view from a character who has something interesting to say about the world. Now, sometimes writers create characters who are too young or too laconic a character who doesn't have firmly held beliefs about how the world operates. So we have a character to whom everything is happening to. But your character comes into the novel with an already deeply ingrained view of how the world works. And he interprets everything based on his subjective point of view. Even if he's young, he should be able to say something interesting about the world. Holden Caulfield is 16, but he has a very strong point of view about how the world works, and it's infused in his syntax and his word choice. It's overlaid in the way he speaks and thinks. Now, I go into more detail on point of view in episode 72, Three Ways to Create a Compelling Point of View. That's episode 72. I'll link in the show notes. Mistake number four insignificant details. Everything you include should reflect something essential about your main character. Remember, we're experiencing the action through his or her subjective reality. So even a minor character, let's say a waitress at the diner, her function will not just be there to serve food. She will be there to tell us something significant about your main character to reveal something significant about your main character. Let's say in your first chapter, your character has escaped from a bad marriage and is on a bus at 11 p.m. headed to a new state. 
what does this character notice about that one person on the bus? Don't give us extraneous details. How does this person look to her? What does she notice? Use that person to reveal something about your protagonist. What's her subjective take on this person in this moment, in her present state of mind? Everything that makes it into your story needs to be made use of. Every object, every description, every character, no matter how minor that character may seem. If your character notices the waitress in the diner, what does she notice in her current state of mind? What details? Nothing is random or arbitrary. Nothing in your story is there to give a pedigree of reality or be there simply because they would be there in the room. Everything needs to be made use of in service of your story. They serve your main point of view character. And mistake number five, plot told as summary. This is one of the most common missteps writers make in their first chapter. So an example of plot told as summary is something like this. Word on the street was that the Jets and the Sharks were heading towards a bloody conflict. The Jets learned quickly that the Sharks, recent migrants from Puerto Rico, were vying for dominance of the neighborhood. Now, this could be dramatized through several event sequences throughout the novel. Here's another example of plot told as summary. If Jamar was going to become king, he had to lead. And if he was to lead, he had to show his instincts to kill. But he wasn't a killer. He was afraid to raise his sword. If he was to overcome his fear and prove he had killer instincts, he would have to strike soon. So this is giving too much away too soon. Plot told a summary. It's so much better to dramatize this over a sequence of events. These can usually be dramatized through a series of scenes or event sequences. Summary is when you compress time. So you treat a relatively long span of action in short compass. Scene is when you show a relatively short span of time in long compass, so you slow down. So rather than give away the plot through summary, dramatize it through scenes, event sequences, and so on. Your main objective in your first chapter is not to give your reader so much information. It's to keep your reader curious. So withhold. Parse out details over time. Think of a striptease. You want to reveal layer by layer. Okay, so we've covered a lot. So let's recap. To write a great first chapter, number one, Avoid excessive backfill. Don't lead with it and don't interrupt the forward moving action with these long detours into backstory. It's better to weave 
backfill into the forward moving action, or even devote a whole chapter to that backstory, but only if it's relevant. Number two, introduce us to your characters before launching into fast-paced action that lasts for the whole chapter. Show your characters acting in a situation that is slowly alarming, where the conflict is building slowly towards a big event, a significant event that will have the reader concerned, hooked, and glued to your story. Give us a chance to get to know and develop some kind of human connection to your protagonist. Number three, establish a strong point of view. Point of view is how your main character hooks into the world of your story. It's his or her passionate relationship with his or her desire. And everything that happens is filtered through that subjective reality. For more on point of view, listen to episode 72. I'll link in the show notes. Number four, no detail object description or character, no matter how minor, should be random or arbitrary. Everything you include should be in service to your story. It should reveal something essential about your main character. And number five, rather than give away your plot through summary, withhold, especially in your first chapter, allow the events to unfold over time. Don't give away too much too soon. Allow the reader to stay curious. So there you have it. Thanks for hanging out with me today. And if you know any writers who need some support in their writing, please share this episode or the Writer Unleashed podcast in general. And if you love what you're listening to, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and please leave me a review. Reading how this podcast impacts your writing truly lights me up and helps me create topics for the show. Till next time, keep writing and I'll talk to you soon.